This podcast is sponsored by King Manual Therapy, restoring function to body and voice. And this week we are joined by the wonderful Adam Morale Younger from Equity. Hello. Hi there. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very glad to be here with you. Very excited to have you. It's such a lovely day (laughs) as well. I think I'm sunburned. It's a very nice day. It's very hot. So Adam is the Membership Support Assistant for Bullying, Harassment and Mental Health here at Equity. Yes. And we are here to talk all things mental health and equity. Yeah, very excited. Yeah. Are you excited? I am so excited. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just been kind of, you know, telling people all about it today and oh, just saying, you know, we. I'm going to be on a podcast oh. with Industry Mind. And yeah. It's... We're so delighted to have you. So delighted. So we always start off with a word association game. So the first thing that comes into your head, <laughs> yeah. the fear in your eyes. <laughs> now, I've, I've listened to some of the podcasts before and some of the people, you know, they come out with such smart answers and I think, right, okay. You uh, got this. You know, it's like, yeah, it's just a case of not overthinking it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> there, you know, making sure you don't say anything yeah. too embarrassing. Oh, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. fine. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. Ice cream. Summer. Day off. Fun. Summer. Holidays. Well-being. Mental health. Emails. Overload. Lunchtime. Need to get away from desk. Beyonce. Destiny's Child's family super important very good smashed okay. it okay. pressure's right. off you're yeah. fine we've got one more game at the end ooh exciting <laughs> I like that. You've, you've got through that one yeah so now you'll be okay so Adam uh, let's get on with the interview could you chat to us about um, how you ended up working here at Equity was it something you always wanted to do or was it something that you did you do anything before that so, yeah, yeah, so it's um, a very good question. I Before I joined Equity, I was working for Samaritans for two and a half years, um, working on sort of the recruitment and the support of uh, volunteers. Uh, you know, before that, I'd always worked in charities. And then when I got into Samaritans, I sort of, I found my niche within there in terms of mental health and thinking, right, okay, this is something I've dealt with anxiety myself uh, in the past. And I thought, right, well, actually, if, there's an area that can really make a difference. I want to do that. Um, I got so addicted to sort of what Samaritans did that after about 18 months of being a staff member, I then trained to be a volunteer. That's something I still do. Um, and yeah, then when this role came up, um, where I volunteer with the Samaritans in central London, we actually have quite a lot of performers as fellow volunteers. Um, so you often kind of talk to them about the sector and they were highlighting you know, what what challenges were in the sector. Um, and then I guess in kind of 2017, 2018, there was a heck of a lot more spotlight onto issues of abuse and mental health within the sector. This role came up. It's a role that was created by our members from a motion they put forward at our um, annual conference in 2017. Um, I thought, okay, there are there are issues here. I feel it's somewhere where I could make a difference. It was stepping out of the charity world slightly, but you know, I, I felt it was time to go for a new challenge and combine that. And I don't have a background in 
Well, I didn't really have a background in performance. I did a panto once with Justin Vaughn, but to hair removal um, that's my enduring memory and singing a Disney song which was my solo um, but I, other than that I don't really have a background so it's been a interesting sort of education to kind of get yeah. meeting people working with members and also non-members and organisations that's great yeah. um, so just tell us or tell our listeners exactly what you do what's what's your role like okay right the main crux of my role is that um we have a helpline that is set up that enables members to contact to get um, initial information and signposting when they are dealing with bullying, harassment, mental health, or obviously a combination of those things. Often with one, there'll be a, an impact on your mental health and well-being. Um, so that exists as a phone line, as an email, and as a um, also a face-to-face option, which offer on a regular basis once a month the Actors Centre, but if people, the moment it's slightly kind of um, London limited, if people contact, then I can catch up with them in person, talk to them. There are a lot of things out there in the sector. There's a lot of support available, but it's amazing about how difficult it is to get people aware of all the support that's available. So I can kind of, you know, I'm privileged in a way to sort of be paid to actually gather all of that information. And then when people come to me, I say, right, okay, have you heard about this organisation? Have you heard about that organisation? Talk to them about where you want to get the support. Um, And then also looking as well outside of the sector, because there are people who are dealing with issues, for example, uh, addiction or relationship issues. And there are so many amazing charities outside the sector who've got that expertise that they can, you know, hopefully benefit from. So essentially, it's just to make that first step of getting support a little bit less daunting you know people turn to the union for support and it's what we're there to support people when they're going through issues that are affecting them and it's it's saying well yeah you know that might be in the workplace but it doesn't always have to be you know we want to support you to be as healthy as well as you can be so that when you're in the workplace or outside of it able to work well absolutely yeah and can anyone come come to you, uh, regardless if they are a member with equity or not? Yeah, so it's, you know, in terms of if non-members contact, it's um, more difficult to provide ongoing support. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, it would be completely against my principles to say, no, don't talk, I'm not going to talk to you because you're not a member. Um, there are other support services available in the sector, in you know, the... Um, Society of London Theatres and UK Theatre have got the theatre helpline that they've set up so you know we can always do some initial signposting to people as well so they're not going through what they're going through on their own absolutely fantastic obviously you do give help to people who aren't members and the whole equity thing is very interesting of whether like you should be a member of a union or not but do you think that especially for actors it's beneficial to have a, a system like this in place to help them which could benefit their mental health not just in the actual well-being sector but if they have any trouble at, at work perhaps yeah I mean I, th- I think generally if you're dealing with an issue at work it's gonna have an you know it, it's gonna have an impact on your mental health and well-being it's so tied in together so that and I think more and more people are becoming more aware of their rights or that, that they can speak out when their mental health or well-being is being compromised in the workplace through the behaviour of another person or persons. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it is massively, massively important. I think there's something so valuable about the union providing that structure, you know, that sense of you, you kind of one of many and those people. It's amazing how many people, when you find the open up about things, that you're not alone. People have got your back and they want to support you and that's what we want to do um, through the union. I guess as a kind of side thing, it shows as well that if we're doing this really positive work on that side of things, that gives people more of a reason to to want to join perhaps and say actually, yeah, you know, we're going to get that support. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Very yeah. true. So what does a typical day look like for you? Is there a typical day for you? Well, no, because a lot of it varies depending on the type of contacts that I get. So over the, I've been in post maybe kind of 15, 16 months and over the first 15 months, dealt with about a thousand contacts. So oh, wow. um, across and predominantly actually via email, there's also been phone, you know, and a, a small number of face to face. But it's not, you know, there can be some days when there's loads and there can be some days that there aren't any. So in that in-between time, that's where I take the opportunity, you know, I might um, spend some time going out, trying to um, promote what I'm doing, promote what the union's doing rather, um, and try to raise awareness of the need for kind of better um, consideration uh, towards mental health within the sector. So going to equity branch meetings, for example, um, setting up meetings, and I know our paths have crossed at some meetings yeah, yeah. before in the sector with other organisations that are uh, setting up or developing mental health initiatives, um, recording podcasts, you know, where I get mm-hmm. the, t- you know, it's, um, you know, I think that's the, you know, is that there's that responsive work where the members contact, but there's also a lot of work to raise awareness of where people go to for support. I think, yeah. you know, we, there's one of me, um, there's two of you, this is a maths lesson. Um, <laughs> there's, you know, equities is, we're maybe about 60 or so staff members, we're 45,000 members, which is huge. And then there's all of the other non-members within the sector. Um, and I think with all of those people, you know, if you can engage them as ambassadors, as advocates for good mental health, that gives people that support that means that that behaviour might be called out or somebody might take someone and say, mm-hmm. say actually, you know, what's what's happening? That's not right. Yeah. Talk to you, union, or talk to me about, you know, and, 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 and raise that awareness. I, I still think there's not a, a kind of a blanket level of awareness of where people in this sector mm-hmm. go to yeah. when they're dealing with issues like this. So that's what we need to sort of yeah. increase and say you know what, there's help out there, yeah, yeah, absolutely. you know, let us help you find it. Yeah, I think one of the things is, um, as well that I know a lot of people have approached me about is maybe bullying or harassment on in the workplace and reaching out and going, where can I get help for this? Okay, you can go to here or here. Mm-hmm. And then they worry, oh, but what can they actually do? Well, like I'd be blacklisted and there's a yeah. whole list that comes with the anxiety of then all reaching out for help. What advice would you give to someone that maybe is experiencing that bullying in the workplace that is affecting their mental health but then is giving them extreme anxiety of that or will I get blacklisted, will I lose my job, yeah. what are the effects of me talking? Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's, it's sort of difficult in a way to answer specifically because it's such a case by case basis and that's one of the biggest challenges of this role. Yeah. You know, there's no sort of one 
one answer fits all. You've got, uh, you know, it's, it's always a case of me taking the time and listening to what they're going through. When there are anxieties that are created, you know, it's, um, it's working with them to see how they can get that, um, the best support for that anxiety. And then there are support services, you know, I know there's support through Industry Minds, you work with a counsellor, but also through BAPAM, for example, um, and other organisations within the sector to do that. We, we can't make any guarantees, obviously, in terms of when people have issues with blacklisting, but one thing we just tend to kind of help people, encourage people to reflect on is that the type of people that are saying that, if there's another type of people that are going to listen and actually act on that, is do you necessarily want to work for them? You know, and the impact that people have, they'll talk it up, but it's generally very, very minimal. We, we had someone who uh, raised an issue um, and they were interviewed in our magazine and spoke very openly about the fact that they felt that um, it hadn't had any impact on their, their, their work rate. There were still the ups and there were still the downs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's that essence that people know when you speak that you're not on your own. So actually there's more people that are going to have your back than aren't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, if you're all right to, would you be able to chat to us about your own mental health journey? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I guess, in, in a way, as with a lot of people, I've never actually ended up thinking about mental health until something bad happened. It's amazing, actually, the number of people who, speak, you know, who, who, who say the word, Oh, I don't have mental health, as if the word mental health itself is just the bad stuff, mm. is not the good stuff. Um, I had um, particularly bad uh, experience at university in my second year. Um, I studied languages, so I went away, I went overseas, sort of everything was, uh, you know, just a lot of distractions. Came back in my third year um, and actually then uh, developed a, a huge amount of anxiety. I didn't didn't leave the house for probably three weeks. Didn't you know? Barely had the energy to. I mean, gosh, I was beardy and smelly, and um, you know, I needed someone to come. A friend of mine who just happened to be coming round because I was doing that that thing that I tell everyone not to do, like not reaching out to anyone. That's exactly what I was doing and saying, you know, oh yeah, no, I'm fine, yeah, I'm just a bit, un, you know, a bit unwell, um, I think, sort of playing it down. And then a friend just sort of forced themselves <laughs> to come round, um, maybe go to the doctors and do that, took the decision to take a year off from uh, uni. I'd missed enough time and enough exams, so I thought it was wise to do that. Um, got myself a job for that period of time, which was actually my introduction into charities, what kind of led me into being that. Uh, went back for my final year. And yeah, I think since then, I've been very, very aware of how mental health is that balance of the good and the bad. And yeah. you know, that I picked that up when it was very much at a low. And I think everyone in life, there's going to be those peaks and there's going to be those troughs and it's almost just sort of leveling them out slightly. 
So I was about to do something with my hands to like throw a picture which doesn't work on a podcast, but save it going, you know, it might not ever go quite so high, but at the same time, it will hopefully not ever go quite so low. So I'm a lot more aware now of the thing, you know, if there are certain triggers, is how to, uh, how to deal with that. And there's some uh, amazing stuff, you know, stuff that I just do regularly to stay healthy. I love reading, I love to travel. Um, uh, I, you know, I like to to just you know make sure I step out of the office as much as possible, or step out of that, that work sphere, just to appreciate sort of what's going on around us. Um, and uh, an organisation called Wellbeing for the Arts is something that I really uh, enjoy. They run a um, fortnightly session, so looking at things like breathing exercise, mindfulness, or things like that. And yeah, it's it's just good. This is kind of to put a little a little pin in your work week and just say right I'm stepping away from this this is what I want to do volunteering as well is something that brings a lot of um, kind of a lot of not context but uh, you know it just it, it brings a lot of I always struggle with the thing when you think you volunteer for Samaritans do you ever say that you enjoy it because it's other people's mental health but obviously there's that that, that rewarding sense of being there so Absolutely. yeah I think that's what I try and when I work with people, uh, when I talk to people, it's it's hopefully encouraging them to find that sense of what is what is their well being picture, how do they get the you know, and it might be the why not it might be a point where they can't build that entire picture then, but it's building it back up so it's a bit more preventative rather than just reactive as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely think it's fair enough to say that you, in inverted commas, enjoy your work with the Samaritans because you are making a difference and you're, you're helping people and you're yeah. obviously very passionate about, about your work. Um, which leads me on to the next question. Um, why are you currently passionate about bettering mental health in this industry? That's a really good question. Um, I mentioned before, obviously, that there are performers who volunteer some other, so I've, I've had conversations with them, and I, I read the news, so I knew yeah. that before I came here that there were issues. A sense that it was just, you know, it was a, a challenge kind of to take on that and to kind of go into the sector where perhaps people really hadn't been as considerate or thoughtful towards mental health and a lot of other issues. Um, prior to that and you know I think I don't mean that to underplay the amazing work of some organisations that have been there kind of plugging away at this for a lot longer than I have um, but over the course of the 15 months talking to members and talking to performers and to other people within the sector people who are kind of involved in the sector in so many ways it's just been such a um, it's been a, a sort of an education for me to to learn about what makes them tick. You know, almost everyone sort of has a different. You know, I don't. They don't you know, I do the, the the nine to five kind of thing, and people have that different um, different working patterns. So, you know, I don't have that background in the sector, but the time that people have taken to sort of explain and help me to learn about how the sector works, what makes it tick. And just responding as well to the inquiries that come in just make me think, well, there's 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 a need for this. And that in itself is a motivator to sort of 
come back in and think, right, okay, if a service like this was taken away, where, pe- where would people go to for that support? Exactly. For example, you know, is that... So, yeah, I think there's there's a variety of factors. Um, you know, the I think the majority of the sector is trying to learn, is trying to get better. Um, and, yeah, I just want to be part of that, if I can. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And we're both members of equity. Yeah. Um, and having worked, it's, it is incredibly, incredibly, <laughs> incredibly important to have that support there. And I yeah. think it's not about you, but yeah. definitely like in, in the workplace, it's just so reassuring. Um, as equity as a whole, um, what more is equity? Not just you. What What are they trying to do more of to support mental health in the arts that you're allowed to talk about? Yeah. Well, um. I think, you know, when I mentioned before about not wishing to sort of underplay what organisations have been doing before, I think it's really important to say that before I started, if someone contacted Equity with an issue, and then my amazing colleagues, the uh, particularly the industrial organisers, when they're dealing with, with a case, with casework, you know, they, they, they talk to people and they, they provide that support, they, they'd hear people. Um, I think what the members decided when they put forward the motion was to actually say, right, actually, we can separate that out in a way. Mm-hmm. So I think what equity is doing sort of overall is they've always had a good understanding of how important mental health is in the workplace. Um, I think through, hopefully through me being here as well is, and working with colleagues is that when they signpost people to me, I try and keep them sort of updated, um, you know, within the bounds of confidentiality as much as possible and just say, you know, this is what I've, I've done. And that, you know, encourages people to know that there are other organisations and sources of support out there. So it's that kind of mutual learning. Um, you know, we're continuing to do the work. So just before I started, we had an agenda for change report on bullying and harassment in the sector. Um, and uh, we had our anniversary event for that earlier this year. Um, a copy of that has been sent to every drama school and to every stage door um, across the country. Um, so it's, it's sort of an ongoing thing. You know, when, when our... All my colleagues, when they go out on cast visits, it's part of what, you know, it's part of what they talk about now. They'll talk about the agenda for change. Mm-hmm. If a person contacts them and says, actually, they're dealing with something, and they say, well, you know, we have someone now. So that's, you know, it's, it's, it's finding its way into sort of every, almost every area of, of our work. Yeah. Um, and we just had our annual conference this weekend in Belfast um, for a lot of our members, um, staff members go along and there's still a lot of uh, motions being proposed and and passed Mm -hmm. there which relate to people's well-being at work Um, and whilst I wasn't there in person they had a mental health discussion and through the wonders of technology mm-hmm. um, I was able to to video conference myself oh, in to that table so you know it's it's important to the union because it's important to the members yeah. because Absolutely. that you know that that's the members pay their way you know in order that we can work for them on their behalf yeah. so. Absolutely. Absolutely. hi there this is Ronan from King Manual Therapy Here at King Manual Therapy, we believe that listening to our clients is how we get our results. 
the consultation process at the beginning of each treatment is as important as the physical treatment itself because this is where we understand and listen to our patients and understand what they actually need us to do. Therefore, each treatment is tailored to our clients and not just protocol, which means we're not just treating the pathology but the person. So you run a monthly one-on-one drop-in sessions at the Actress Centre. What set these in motion? That's a good question. I was trying to think the other day about how this sort of set up. I think there was a meeting set up with the Actors Centre and I can't remember who that is. And if it is the Actors Centre and if Actors Centre people you're listening and this is you, <laughs> then all credit to you. <laughs> um, but I can't remember. Um, and we were just talking about the ways that we could support each other. Um, and I often thought, given that not all, but a large, large number of our members are London-based thinking, right, okay, well, if people are calling, and there had been an occasion where somebody was really struggling to explain, said, do, you, do you want to just sit down over a coffee and, and talk about this? Mm. So I thought, well, actually, if we could set that up as a, as a thing, as, as, as something sort of regular that people don't have to make an appointment necessarily, they can just think, okay, I'm... If I if I if I'm feeling ready for it, I'll go along on this particular day, um, and we do that. So we discussed, and they were great. They, uh, you know, said, "Yep, you can have the room um, on a monthly basis. We're not going to charge you anything. It's just there." Um, and it's and it's just gone from there. And and it, I really sort of wanted to do something separate. It's something outside. Sorry, it's something outside of the equity building. Um, just so that people don't have to feel that they're kind of coming through and saying, oh, I want to speak to Adam or anything and having to sign in and get their little visitor's badge and yeah. things, is they can they can go to a place where, it you know, they could be there for any reason. They could be there for a, for a class or a, or a workshop or something. It's the, no, no one's going to be there seeing exactly. them going in through the door and thinking, oh, why are they going to there rather than why they're going into their union building absolutely and that's free as well isn't it absolutely yeah. free yeah. yeah yeah and that when does that run again Just so they run again. on the second tuesday uh, of the month between 2 30 and 5 p.m um but as i said before um you know i've been talking to someone now has said they wanted to come along and i said well that's three weeks away if you want to meet before my office is around the corner from the actor center i'm almost always kind of available we've got time most days to sort of um, to meet up with people and talk to them in person if they want to. Great. Yeah. Very yeah. lucky That's to have you in our industry, Adam. Honestly, the work you're doing is great. Oh, thank it's you. Absolutely great. So, what do you think the people kind of at the top of the ladder in, in power in this industry can do to help promote better mental health amongst creatives? I think there needs to be a bit more accountability mm-hmm. and I think there needs to be a lot more financial investment. I think... Yeah. When you look at health and safety at work, which does encapsulate and should encap- rightly encapsulate mental health, is that if you're setting up a rigging system and you're deciding that you're just going to do it based on like watching a YouTube video or something and do that, then people aren't going to work. People aren't going to work if they know that it's not done by a professional, trained and qualified person to be able to do that. In the same way, if you're doing something that is compromising someone's mental health in the workplace why should you be allowed to get away with that? Now, one of the issues is then, is it then comes down to budget. It's like, how do you support people? How do you train people to be able to support those who are working within the workplace? How do you provide an 
ongoing um, level of support as well. You know, I'm I'm here doing working hours mm-hmm. four days a week. Um, you know, and the theatre helpline which is great. It's twenty four seven. Music Minds Matter helpline twenty four seven, and the um, film and TV charity helpline is twenty four seven. But I think you know we can build on those and say right, okay, this is what we've done now. But how do we make the sector even better yeah. a beacon for, for good mental health practices and you know there are organizations that probably have been doing amazing things um and setting up little programs which and, and that support the people that are working within them better but i'd really really like it if it was consistent so it didn't matter where you worked or if you were eligible to call the theatre helpline or the, the film helpline mm. or whether you weren't working is that you would just be able to get that support because people you know people work their socks off they train so hard to get to where you know to get into this sector and there's all of the numerous issues in there they face the people at the top should recognise that actually you invest in these people and that means in mental health support is that's going to pay it back numerous times over because you're going to have healthier performers, happier performers. And, you know, the word gets out, you know, is that if if you're in a good, if you're an organisation that employs good working practices, people are going to work, want to work with you. Yeah. yeah. So often when uh, performers are away on cruise ships, for example, you're literally all over the world in a d- different place every day, um, and they don't really know where they can go for support. Um, do you and Equity still support people when they're not working in the UK? So th- there's a variety of different things, you know, when they're working in the US, for example, they need to be a member of the union over there. With cruise ships, it's a bit of a, a grey area. So what I'd say is, you know, if you're going through something and you don't know whether you can talk to us, then if you don't ask, you don't know. Talk to us often with cruise ships. You know, I've got a colleague of mine who will be able to support equity members who are in uh, working in those situations. And where we're not, it's like I was saying before with non-members, we're able to look at where they can get that support from, you know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, fantastic. So I was personally a member of Equity from uh, being at drama school. I'm not sure why, I just think I saw like a notice on the board saying it was only like 17, 18 pound or something, I'm not sure what it is now. Um, I think it's really, it's really crucial to make aware that that is available for people at drama schools yeah. and that they can contact you as well. Yeah, yeah they can. Again, it's, it's, it's slightly limited in terms of what um, we can do as sort of ongoing support because um, we predominantly uh, work with issues relating to employers and drama schools aren't with them. But what's good is that a lot of drama schools are happy to work with us, uh, you know, but even if when there are difficulties, if people contact me, then I can signpost them to where what support may be available to them. Um, and I think it is really important, you know, people can join equity as students now when they're at drama schools. And I, th- I think on the mental health and wellbeing side of things, that's really important because they, you know, they hopefully gain more and more awareness of how important that is before they enter the, the, the sector as it is post-training. And that, you know, that means then that more people are coming into the sector and they just know that, okay, this isn't acceptable, 
I'm going to call, yeah. you know, call someone out on this. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I was going to ask, Adam, if you were in charge of the industry, what would it look like? Oh my gosh, right. <laughs> I think the amazing amount of creativity and just the broad spectrum of work that almost doesn't need to change but I think there's two things I I want there to be more platforms for minorities and when I say minorities I don't just mean sort of kind of um, oh god what's the word I'm looking for kind of in like population wise because women are are definitely I think a slight majority but they are underrepresented in certain areas um, in the arts um, but doing that not in a tokenistic way. So if you're engaging and 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 with um, a BAME uh, production, is is doing that and working with the people from that background to to be able to produce that. So making sure that the the work of such an amazing sector is sort of reflective of the society that it's in. A lot of the time that it isn't. And I remember someone saying, you know, oh God, you know, work with these hard to reach audiences. And the, that term hard to reach is just really stupid. Like they're only hard to reach because you're not actually giving stuff to them that they want to see. It's like, as soon as you do that, I think actually, well, why don't we stop thinking about why people are going to see and think, what can we do to make people want to come see this? the other thing that I'd do if I was in charge is I would just set up um, an independent uh, body to work on uh, mental health and well-being within the sector that will be able to support ongoing initiatives and you know I think a number of sort of peer-led initiatives have started up and then often there's a struggle you know sometimes people are paying out of their own pocket for room hire like why this isn't you know this isn't right there should be something there that would just say okay we can do this we'll have rooms available and it's it's, it's just that and it's not tied into any organization or to any theater or to any specific branch of the sector it's just there and it works to support mental health and well-being and people can go there rather than thinking am I a member am I not a member yeah, yeah there's an amazing sort of um alliance in Australia they've done quite a good amount of research on the sector and um was privileged enough to have an early morning which was sort of their evening Skype yeah. chat um with with one of the people who was part of up kind of what's called entertainment assist and the australian association for well-being and entertainment and there are sort of moves to set an alliance like that up in the uk i went to a meeting fairly recently at the output hall about that so i think you know i i think and i hope things are going in that direction but hey if anyone wants to put me in charge then i'll get us there a little bit we'll put you in charge excellent right in charge adam i'm very low maintenance yeah (laughs) I love it. I was going to ask, is there anything that you wish um, people in the industry knew about mental health, more mental health support in the industry or about equity or about you? Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you wish people would, would be aware of? I guess. I guess just to not be afraid to get in contact or to not be afraid to go and um, 
find those sources of support that are out there, whether it's well-being for the arts or talking. You know, if you walk in through that door, people aren't going to judge you because they're looking after your well-being. They're, you know, they're going to be there and they're going to have your back. And then, you know, there, there are a lot of things happening in the sector that I just wish there was a sort of an easy way to kind of put it out there. Um, one podcast. thing that... Podcast, yeah, exactly. Everyone... Um, I mentioned before about the number of contacts that I've had. I also sort of look at where they get signposted to, because I mentioned that some of them go to external organisations, some of them will be supported further by uh, colleagues within the organisation. 20% of people who got, 20% of the contacts, I should say, um, didn't want to do anything about it. They, a lot of them reflected on the fact that they just felt that they they wanted to be heard. They want someone to listen to them because they hadn't had that outlet before. Mm. So it, if that's what they want, then contact me or contact someone else and, and be heard. Don't go through that on your own because contacting us doesn't mean that we're going to charge in or guns blazing and, and you know a lot of the time I and we will definitely want to when you hear some of the things and an- another thing on that note is the number of times where people will will sort of start off with an apology and say oh I'm, I'm really sorry to bother you or I'm, I'm sorry I'm dealing with something you know small and then they explain to you and it's just enormous and the, you can't begin to, to fathom the impact that that is having on them. So if you think it's small, if you think you're going to be bothering someone with it, this is my job. Bother me with it. Talk to me about it. And we can talk about what the options are. And even we can talk about it if you don't want there to be any options after having talked yeah. after having talking about it, after having spoken about it. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Do you want to say your um, email address and cool right. so if people want to get in contact i can uh, be found at i can be found um i can be reached at, um my phone number is 0207 670 or my email address which thanks to my wonderfully uh, complicated name is um a morali which is a m e r a l i hyphen younger y a u n g e r at equity.org.uk. Um, but no, uh, they're going to put the um, that email address in the bio as well, just in case a, a hyphen or a letter <laughs> goes missing in in the mix. Yeah, great. So, Adam, final question that we ask everyone: Could you walk into a room today and say, "I'm having a bad mental health day"? I'd like to think that I could, but then I also think it depends on the people in the room. Yeah. Um, I think I've got a lot more confidence on that. I talked earlier before about my, my mental health journey. I think before that, there would have been no, you know, just, yeah. I, I, what, and, and not through unwillingness, I just think I didn't know, I wouldn't have known what bad mental health meant. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm lucky to be surrounded by lots of, amazing people within the sector and it is good to know that you can go into certain places and just say right having a bad day today you know and and you know that and that's 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 sort of refreshing because it happens to everyone it does absolutely absolutely. fantastic thanks so much adam we're just about to do our last game oh great i forgot about the second game you forgot about the second game you're a bit more excited about the second game than you were about the first 
Because you don't know. You can do the game, Scarlett. Of course you can do the game. Thank you so much. I know it's called finish the sentence. Oh, wow, okay. I'm ready. So the first thing that comes into your head. The last thing I ate was... Uh, beetroot risotto. Oh, very nice. For lunch? Yeah. Where's that from? That's very nice. Oh, I made like a massive batch of it. Oh, my God. So it's just been kind of coming oh, out of the freezer over the night. It's like rumbles. That's well nice. I'm sorry. I'll save you some next time. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, something that's made me smile today is... Uh, being recorded on the Industry Minds podcast. Oh, yeah, Thank you. You're making us smile. <laughs> when I go on holiday, the first thing I pack is... Book. Ooh, books. Book. Yeah, sorry, I just said book later. Book? <laughs> uh, my favourite book is. <laughs> oh, crikey. My favourite book is. Oh, God, I couldn't possibly choose. It sort of yeah, depends maybe. on my mood. I tend to always have kind of two or three on the go uh, at any one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like um, The Master of Margarita by Bulgakov, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. just, it's just, it, you know, a little bit surreal, which yeah, I quite like. Yeah, but then I was, studied languages at university, so I like some foreign stuff as well Fantastic, some really? foreign stuff that sounds really <laughs> awful oh no, my god not at all what languages 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 do you speak uh so i speak uh so just studied french and german at university but then i also studied spanish when i was living in france wow. which was weird kind of learning. Um, love it i yeah. speak no language hidden talent yeah yeah absolutely you should put on classes well, every, for everyone in the industry. Well, everyone has my email address now. If you want to, drop me a line. <laughs> my dead or alive party guest is. Um, David Attenborough. Oh, yes. Mental health to me is. Really important and to be cherished. My favourite tube station is. <laughs> Black, <Cheers horse>. wisely. <laughs> Black horse road because it means I'm always yeah, tired. Great. Last one. Happiness to me is doing the things I like with the people that I enjoy spending time with. Excellent. Yeah. Fantastic. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Or thank, thank you for allowing us to join you at <laughs> yeah. You're very welcome. No, thank it's you for uh, for inviting me on. Been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Industry Minds and we hope you enjoyed this week's episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to be the first to listen to our new episodes which are out every Thursday. If you are interested in our counselling service please email maryindustryminds at gmail.com or just get in touch with us. For news on future guests and events, oi oi, please check out our Instagram and Twitter accounts over at Industry Minds UK. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you soon. Have a great week.